0: Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all who are listening on Torah anytime and other platforms. Hashem is not an abstraction, something which we discuss in a philosophical or theological sense. Hashem is real. His presence is in our lives. This idea is central to the Mishkan, which our parsha introduces. When Klal Yisrael had a Mishkan or a Beis Hamikdash. The notion of shechina b'silcheinu, the shekhinah amongst us, was a palpable, almost sensory feeling. He's with us. His truth is as apparent as a person in your life. Or if not a person, at least a feeling. This is what we are missing. This is what we are so ardently yearning for when we daven for binyan Beis HaMekdash, that Hashem be, be not rendered a theological abstraction, that Hashem be felt that we have that ability as though we could cuddle up with Hashem through a mitzvah, bond with Him. I want to develop this idea based on a teaching of the Vilna and the Zadaris Elio to our parsha. The Vilna believes that the Mishkan resembles a physical physical body and goes on to explain Almost, he almost engages in an anatomical dissection of the Mishkan. How each facet of the Mishkan resembles some body part. The significance of that teaching to me is as follows. Just as we people, are beikr are primarily not bodies. It so will be quite resentful if you would think of me primarily in terms of my body. I am a personality, I am a spirit, I am an Ashama. But that neshama is here on earth, is palpable, present. You can access me and connect to me through my body. The same thing is true with regard to the Mishkan Beis Hamikdash. They are the touchpoint to the Shekhinah. When a Beis HaMikdash or a Mishkan is present, it might be sticks and stones or wood and gold, but that is just a body of Shekhinah. Of course Hashem is not defined by the sticks and stones, just as I am not defined by the sinews and blood vessels. But the body is the access route to feel the presence of the spirit. When there was a Mishkan Beis HaMikdash present, Hashem was real in our lives. He, Kivayachal, the Shechina, was as though the spirit within that body. This idea will come to life vividly in our imagination as we develop this anatomical dissection of the Mishkan, beginning with some of the Vilnagon's coordinates, and then with our own creativity, kind of allowing him to introduce us to own this concept for ourselves by drawing our own anatomical dissection of the Mishkan. Vilnagon suggests things like the crush and the beams of the Mishkan as he develops or bones are atsamos. and various kale various vessels correspond to different limbs. For example, the two parts of the key, the laver, what is called the Ki and the cano, the sink and the base of the sink, are seen as cloyos, kidneys. I assume the Vilnagon is fixated on the pipe plumbing aspect of a sink. It is like a kidney which washes out arteries of the body. And he develops, not surprisingly, that the aron is the moach, is the brain. That makes sense. The aron, of course, contains the Torah, the luchos within it. It is the seed of the brain. And he has all sorts of other interesting suggestions. I would like to suggest that there are several psukim now. In the Mishkan narrative of Truma Tetzaveh by Yaakov which come to life, for example, when describing the side of the Mishkan, the Torah says, Uletzela haMishkan, the tzela, oftentimes translated as rib or backside of the Mishkan. What an interesting word to describe simply the side of a building. But no, the tzela, if you translate it as a rib, is meant for real. There is as though a ribcage or a side of a body here. And likewise we have the term liyerech ha-mishkan. The base of the mishkan is called a yerech, literally a thigh. This is not simply literary poetic license, but actually a vivid imagery we understand. Now, every word in the Torah is utilized with perfect specificity to evoke an idea in our imagination as though the mishkan itself has a thigh. The Torah wants to bring it to life as a body of sorts. From this perspective, I would like to suggest that the threesome, the trio of Kalem and the Kodesh, the inner sanctum, before the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kodeshin, the menorah, the shulchan, and the mezbachah the candelabra, the table, and the incense altar. Well, when you think about that threesome, that directly corresponds to the threesome on the face, eyes, nose, mouth. The menorah lighted Connected the enayim, the eyes, the mizbech katoras, incense, smell that is connected the nose, and the sholk, on the table, which contains bread, is connected the mouth. Oh, right. It's interesting when you think about it this way, because the, think, if you think about a, a bird's eye view of the layout of the kodesh, the mizbech katoras, the incense altar, is front center, in the middle, inserted forward. And, and the and the menorah and the shulchan are both to the side, further back. It's a, it's a tripod of sorts. Mizbech katoris incense altar in the in the in the front middle, and to the back, to the back two sides you have the menorah and the shulchan. So it actually would parallel a face, when the face is on its side, as though sleeping on a pillow. Right, the nose inserted in the middle. Forward, right? Then the eye and the mouth to the two sides. And this, I would suggest, is because we have various sleeping imageries regarding the Mishkan. Bain Shaddai Yolin, the Pasuk speaks of, the Jewish people and Hashem sleeping intimately together in the Mishkan. This is a place of residing together, finding comfort one with the other as those sleeping together, moving on. You find various depictions regarding different curtains and tapestries in the Mishkan. Comparisons seem to be drawn to clothing, in particular, women's clothing. For example, Rashi in our citing Chazal, speaks of the bottom of the Urius swiping against the ground, waving against the ground, as though a flowing dress and in another Rashi, he tells us, the mesach, the front curtain, he compares to a veil, a kala tenua, a modest bride who has a veil. Now, are these analogies of Rashi, again, just poetic license? I suggest not. The imagery is fully intended. This mishkan is a body. Face, limbs, hip, and all. A body needs clothing. It is in particular women's clothing, and this has to do with an understanding of the Shekhinah, the godly spirit residing within this body, because we know that the divinity in the Mishkan, which is called Shekhinah, is the feminine manifestation of the divine. The Mishkan is a place of residence, bias, the feminine persona of comfort, of nurturance clinging together. Hashem expresses himself in the Mishkan in this feminine sense of Shekhinah. So it makes sense that... Not only the spirit, but the body and the clothing be feminine. And there are, of course, some much more evocative, feminine bodily features. Well known that Hazal compare the Badi Ha'aron, the stabs of the Aaron to the front profile of a woman, and so forth. We have laid out a few of these coordinates, which we can trace in Chazal, and in some cases explicitly in the Psukim. Here we have coming to life, no pun intended, a full flesh, full body imagery of the Vilna Gon brought to life through our own creative additions. And now the Mishkan kind of pulls at you right here. I get what this is all about. For the divine spirit, for the Shekhinah to be real in this world, it needs a body to reside. Just as we said, to connect to a person's spirit, it is only through the body that the neshama is here, not in the upper world. When, when K'v'yachol, the Shekhinah, had a body, not Chas, v'sham, chas v'sham, Hashem himself was above a body, but Shekhinah, that expression of the divine residence, appreciate that fine distinction, then he could be accessed in this world as though through a body. Well, that's powerful. And that gives us a way to relate to the Michigan through a whole new light. But you might find something disturbing about this. Perhaps smacking of various idolatrous faiths which speak of a body. And this is, in fact, the mistake. If we don't draw the distinction between the Shekhinah and, of course, Hashem. We're talking about an emanation of the divine, a spiritual emanation, of course, not the divine itself. That is actually the mistake of the idolaters. I believe when the idolaters gave physical expression to the divine, their mistake was not in their quest to find physical imagery, because we human beings need that, Right? We need some sort of image in our head to relate to Hashem. Otherwise, he's too, he's too beyond. Right? But the mistake is not to appreciate that any physical images are emanations, expressions, means for us to relate to him, not him himself. So draw that fine distinction between the Shechina and Kevyechel Hashem himself, who is above the body. But in case you're still unsettled by this idea, textually pleasing, as it might be and as thoroughly developed, as it might be, I want to conclude with two final proofs, or if not proofs, at least clues. TishaBov, every year, the laws of Availus, the laws of Mourning, parallel to a T, those of the Availus, those of the Mourning process for a closest relative, as the Gemara says, "Call hadinim hanogim nogim Now, is that a coincidence that? You have two things we mourn, two precious things we mourn, a closest relative and the Mikdash, and we happen to mourn them the same way? Well, now we're beginning to understand not at all. Understanding the Mishkan as though the body of the Shekhinah. When the Mikdash was destroyed, the Shekhinah departed from that body, is no longer accessible. It was a death of sorts, a death of a nearest dearest, not, of course, of Hashem himself, but of the accessibility to Shekhinah. Beautiful. And one final chazal I want to explain based on this, and this we will conclude. Perhaps many of you are, are familiar from the Kinos, which we recite each year on Teshuvah with the famous Gemara and Gittin. It speaks of Titus Harasha, Titus the Great, right, the Roman general and later emperor, who destroyed and defiled the base of Mekdush. And we are told in his assault on the Kodesh HaKadoshim. He pulled out his sword. And he stabbed the prochas. He stabbed the curtain in front of the Mikdash. In front of the Kodesh Kaddashin. And blood dripped out miraculously. And Tita said. Ha ha. He thought he killed Hashem. The question is. Why is Hashem playing into the man, madman's mad delusion? Why the miracle of the drops of blood? Why allow him to think that he stabbed. That a stabbing occurred. What's going on? Why that miracle? Well, the answer is the miracle is not an expression of delusion, but expression of a truth, of a spiritual truth. There was a murder that happened. The destruction of the basement, which we've come to see, is the murder of a living organism. The accessibility of Shekhinah within this body, Titas, as an idolater, is not able to draw the distinction Between the murder of divine emanation and the divine itself. Because he's an idolater. But we know how to read this stabbing scene. A murder has happened. Hashem's presence has as though died in our lives. It's only an abstraction now. Hard to relate to it, though we know it's really there. Powerful. The way so many Chazalim come to life, vividly to life, through this imagery of the Mishkan, the Beis HaMikdash, as though a physical body where the Shekhinah resides, true and present, just like a person in our lives. May we all be Zoha soon in our days to have a Beis HaMikdash, which will be far more than a physical building. It will be a body in which the presence of the Shekhinah is palpable in an almost sensory way, can be felt, we can bond with it, Hashem will no longer be a theological abstraction, but a truism in our, our life. Let's bring the Shechina to life. Thank you very much. Please share this share with at least two friends, and please press the follow button to receive ongoing shir updates.